The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in industry and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Hello, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Welcome to our newest series we just launched last week. It's called Biz Buzz with Game Changers. You can figure that out on your own. Today's buzz is in memory. Oh, big topic, very important. Listen up. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Today, your recipe for a truly intelligent business, and that's what you want, an intelligent business, requires what I consider to be a magic ingredient, data, lots and lots of it. Sometimes it's big, but there's lots of it. It's fast and it's furious and it's coming in. That's what you want. But guess what? Even if you've captured the best and the fastest data in the world, you still need what we call the right information culture to do what? You have to use it when, where, and how you need it. You just don't want it's sitting around somewhere, it has to become useful and valuable to you. Now there's some good news. In-memory technology allows you to store all that information in a simple, flexible, fast-to-access and affordable way. I think I hit all the hot buttons. So you can analyze that big data, data at the speed of thought. How does 10,000 times faster than usual sound? (laughs) That's running pretty fast. And that will let you run a truly real-time business. Ah, can the sweet taste of success be far off? I have a panel of three experts today, and they're going to help us discover what is this thing called in-memory computing? What does it mean to your business? How can you use it? And let me tell you what they sent me before the show. I asked them for something provocative on the topic. Let's see what they said. First, we're going to welcome in a few minutes Mike Durso from Deloitte. Mike says, keep it as simple as possible, but no simpler. I think that's a famous quote, and he'll explain why. He says, when it comes to information technology, we all enjoy systems that are easy to understand and use. I think that's the point, and Mike will explain a little bit when I bring him on in a moment. Joining us today is a repeat guest to SAP Radio. He was on one of our other series recently. His name is Holger Mueller. He's from Constellation Research, and he says, ah, word of caution here, in memory will change enterprise applications as we know them, but it's no walk in the park. He knows his stuff on the technology side, so we'll talk to Holger in just a minute. Rounding out the panel is Timo Elliott from SAP, and this is a very picturesque quote. Timo says, the most sophisticated, easiest to use pencil in the world won't turn anybody into Picasso. The same goes with big data. 
provocative to be sure. So join us for more of their expertise and their insights on in-memory computing, making data memorable. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to BizBuzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We are live on the air on the Business Channel. Today is Tuesday, December 17th, 2013. We are hurtling toward the new year, and this is information your business needs to know. Let me introduce you to my panelists, and then we'll hear them talk. First up is Mike Durso. That's D-apostrophe-U-R-S-O, in case you're wondering. He leads the Technology Integration Service Area at Deloitte in Italy, Little Birdie told me that's where he's calling from, including development services and platform architecture and infrastructure. He's also the Deloitte EMEA lead for the SAP HANA initiative, and that word will come up. No, we're not doing a promo for HANA today. We're talking about the technology, which is what we do on Game Changers Radio. He also leads Deloitte's One Delivery Network globally. Before Deloitte, in 1999, Mike operated an SAP European Competence Center for an international systems integration firm. And let's see, he says his first work experience, this is interesting, was at a university-based research consortium participating on what was then labeled as, and I quote Mike, very large database systems. And he comments, sounds like big data anti-literatum. That's way too Latin for me. Mike Durso, welcome to BizBuzz. How are you today, Mike? Oh, thank you, Bonnie. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, Delighted really to have you. back memories, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess it does. Anti-literatum. Let me spell that for those who, like me, are not Latinophiles or whatever you would call yourselves. A-N-T-E-L-I-T-T-E-R-A-M. What does that really mean, anti-literatum, Mike? <laughs> well, that actually comes from my high school days. You know, I was forced to study Latin, believe it or not. So it's I incorporated do. in my DNA right now. <laughs> Antiliterate means, you know, before the time. So before we were talking the time. about big data before anybody really invented the word big data. And that's the buzzword that came up, I guess, two years ago, three years ago. Six. Thank you. You know what, Mike? We're going to talk about it in a couple minutes because I want to introduce the other guests. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to do their bio so we can get everybody in the conversation. But, Mike, please tell me, where in Italy are you calling from today? This is exciting. I'm just outside of Naples. Okay, and the weather is? The weather is wonderful. It's 13 degrees uh, Celsius, which is 55 Fahrenheit for you. Okay, thank you very much. All right, let's bring on Holger Mueller. Holger, glad you could join us. Holger is a VP and Principal Analyst at Constellation Research Group for the Fundamental Enablers of the Cloud, IAAS, P-A-A-S. Forgive me for spelling the letters, Holger. I still don't know how to pronounce those. With forays up the tech stack into big data and analytics and sometimes SaaS. He provides strategy and counsel to CIOs, CTOs, CPOs, all of those C-suite people, as well as investment analysts, venture capitalists, sell-side firms, and tech buyers. Before Constellation, Holger was VP of products for Northgate Arinzo, a KKR company, as well as a chief application architect with SAP. He's a native European and he speaks six languages. Why don't you say hello in another language to me today, Holger? How are you? Well, hi, Bonnie. Well, as we have Mike, uh, I hope he speaks Italian. So we talk Napoli. Uh, I speak Italian longer than English, so it's easier for me. <laughs> and I grew up in Italy, so it comes and to Holger, Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from sunny San Diego. Probably have the best weather as usual, so no, no <laughs> Andy. It's hard <laughs> that you have to put sunscreen on every day of the year. 
Oh, Holger, please stop that. Just stop that. You know how I feel about that. I'm watching this, this lovely flurry coming down and the roads are getting white again. We had it three days ago here in New York and this looks like it's gonna stick this time. So no comment. And let's welcome our third panelist today. Timo Elliott is an SAP innovation evangelist. I have to ask him what that is and an international conference speaker who has presented to business and IT audiences in over 40 countries. You might say he gets around. He's a 22 year veteran of SAP business objects and Timo works closely with SAP development and innovation centers around the world on new technology directions, which is why he's with us today. His popular business analytics blog at Timo Elliott, that's two L's and two T's dot com, tracks innovation in analytics, social media, including big data, collaborative decision making, and social analytics. And this is interesting, before business objects, Timo was a computer consultant in Hong Kong, and he led analytics projects for Shell in New Zealand. Well-traveled. Welcome, Timo Elliott. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? I am calling from the very heart of Paris, just a stone's throw from the Eiffel Tower. And it's a beautiful, clear, but cold evening here. Well, I'm glad you're calling. And let's see, we have so we have one from near Naples, one from Paris, one from California, one from New York. I think we've got the globe pretty well covered today. Thank you, gentlemen, for calling in. Now let's go back into the opening, and I'd love to know more about your quote. So let's start this off with Mike Durso from Deloitte. You say, keep it as simple as possible, but no simpler when it comes to IT. We all enjoy systems that are easy to understand and use. That sounds very logical to me, Mike Durso. Where did this quote come from? Well, actually, people say that keep it as simple as possible but no simpler is a quote from Albert Einstein. He never really put it exactly in those words. So there are other people who made the motto for him, but he really and truly uh, enhanced and invented this concept. So to make things as simple as possible was basically one of his uh, one of his lectures at university times, and that was a long time ago. But I really love that motto. And when it comes to IT, I think it's a fundamental guiding principle. And you know, we're going to go back to that. Within memory computing, we're going to make information systems for large enterprises. We're going to make them uh, simpler to use and to deploy. And it's going to come back to basics. I really think that that's going to happen in the near so- future. My question to you is, would Einstein be happy with what's happening in terms of in-memory, Mike? Would this make him happy? Oh, God, I think Einstein would be really, really happy with what we have today. If you just think that he had nothing similar to what we have, I mean, we have uh, tremendous potential in our computing power, on our desks, in our businesses, and we will have more and more in the upcoming future. Well, I'm glad. And, and as far as what he had then, of course, it's a it's a huge multiple leaps of faith of what Einstein had back in the day. But I'm wondering if he if he were able to look, and he probably is, and see the evolution of computing and see that we've gone from big, big, big to smaller, 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 from complex, complex, complex to simpler and faster. I bet that would make him smile. So here's a shout out to Albert, wherever he is. Thank you, Mike. Let's turn to Holger Mueller. Holger, Constellation Re- 
research. Nice to have you back, Holger. Delighted to have you on the show again. And let's talk about your quote here. You said, in memory, we'll change enterprise applications as we know them. But here's the caveat. You say, but it's no walk in the park. So let's take this two parts at a time, Holger. What, in what way will it change enterprise apps? And what are we doing in the park? Talk to me. Yeah, it's connected in the two, but um, it will change enterprise applications because all of a sudden things can be done significantly faster and more economically potentially too than ever before. And it changes business process and the way how business is connected or conducted. Because in the past, it would be usually would have to wait for the business application. Many businesses had to adopt their processes to what the technology could do for the first time with big data, as mentioned before, and in memory now. The technology is faster and interesting and why it's affordable to make it significantly easier to run this business differently. And that's a significant challenge when you come to the cake part because in the past, business would uh, tremendously benefit from Moore's Law. Everything would get cheaper and faster, but it would do so in the, in the known ways and the known paths, chopping paths business has been going along. Now it really comes back to, to business application awareness, but also business to figure out what can we do to drive new business models to conduct business in a different way with these technologies taking advantage of that? So significant disruption happening both from competitors and internally to embrace these technologies. Thank you, Holger. That's a good start. We'll be talking with you a lot more during the roundtable. I know we'll hear more about this. Timo Elliott, interesting Picasso. We're doing a little name dropping here, aren't we? We've got Einstein and now Picasso. That's a combination we've never seen on Game Changers Radio. So your quote, Timo, is the most sophisticated, easiest to use pencil in the world, talking about back to basics, won't turn anybody into Picasso. Same goes with big data. Explain to me, please, Timo Elliott. Go ahead. Well, I think I'm going to echo one of uh, Holger's points and continue in the Picasso theme because he also came up with my favorite technology quote ever, which was, uh, computers are useless. They can only give you answers. In other words, the most important technology is always people because only people can ask the right questions. Uh, new technologies like in-memories are absolutely going to change the way we do everything. Uh, it's going to make things faster, simpler, cheaper. But the real opportunity is to rethink business opportunities from scratch, and that's a profoundly human-oriented process. Um, to the point where, in fact, as technology advances, as it becomes simpler, that makes it even more important to spend time on things like human creativity. And we need to do a better job of that, and it's one of the reasons that there's been an explosion methodologies such as, say, design thinking, where companies sit down and try and come up with a more creative approach to modern business using these fantastic new tools. Interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm thinking big data and I'm thinking human creativity and I'm thinking there's a vast gap of, of uh, beliefs in between from one to the other. Talk about not an easy walk, no walk in the park, as Holger said. And uh, do you think that this ease of using data, of, of using analytics today will get us back to that mindset of, yes, we are people, we know how to think, but let's think really outside the box because we have all these tools today. Are we heading back toward more design thinking, do you think, Timo? Creativity is clearly the biggest gap. Technology has taken a huge leap ahead. Mm -hmm. um, our ability to use that technology is clearly lagging behind. Another great quote, the Stone Age was marked by man's clever use of crude tools. 
the information age to date has been marked by man's crude use of clever tools. Uh, there's a lot of cultural change that we need to get much better at in order to make the best use of this great new technology. Great point. Thank you. I like that comparison of the ages. We're doing a little his, history here today. I like that as well. The perspective it's, it's is good. It's all over again. Yes, and you know what? I, I don't know if I'm right on track with this, but one of my favorite French sayings, Timo and panel, is plus ça change, plus ça la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So now we're saying, let's think, let's get creative, let's be people. But by the way, look at how technology has changed our lives, our world, our businesses. Look at how many tools we have. But let's go back to the drawing boards and sit down and talk and think. Am I on the right track there, Timo, you think? I think so, but I think, I think we're unaware of just how much change is going on around us. Going back to the Renaissance, if you strolled into St. Mark's Square in the 1500s and asked a passerby, um, you know, what do you think of the Renaissance so far, they would have looked at you blankly. It was only <laughs> after centuries that we realized just how much dynamic change was going on. I think we have a massive opportunity to rethink the way the world works given these new big data technologies. Um, we just need to work, to work towards that goal. Great perspective. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to give you all a break so we can chat off air for just a minute. And when we come back, I have a very important question for Mike Durso in Italy near Naples from Deloitte, Holger Mueller from Constellation in sunny California. All right, stop putting the suntan lotion on, Holger. We're jealous already. And Timo Elliott calling from Paris. I want to ask the three of you when we come back, what's in your cup today? Just quickly, I want to know what you're drinking. If it's something wonderful, tell me a little story. Tell me whatever brand it is or tell me what you wish you were drinking. After that, we have to buckle down and get down to work. We're going to open the roundtable segment of the show. We'll probably do it for about 25 minutes. It'll be very in-depth, and we're going to continue our topic of in-memory computing, making data memorable, and I hope this conversation will be memorable. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to BizBuzz with Game Changers presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that dial, that app. How would Einstein have listened to the show? I wonder. Hmm. We'll be right back. Brad out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network business models have a short shelf life today's reality given shifting technologies real-time information and collaboration across time zones competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud the bottom line Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Now, let's get back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. I just like the way that sounds. Biz Buzz with Game Changers. This, by the way, is our newest series. We've done HR Trends with Game Changers. Our longstanding flagship show, which I'll be hosting tomorrow, is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'd have Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Ongoing new show is Startup Focus with Game Changers. And there's another new one coming in January. I'll keep that as a surprise. So we hope you're enjoying and tuning in for all of the Game Changers radio series here on the Business Channel at Voice America. America World Talk Radio. Now it's time to find out. We know where they are. We know what the weather is. We know what they think about in-memory computing. We don't know what they're drinking. So let's find out what they're drinking. And it might not be coffee at this time of the day. Mike Durso, Deloitte in Italy today. What are you drinking, Mike? Or what would you like us to think you wish you were drinking? Talk to me. Okay, so I think you really got it right. You know, it's a little bit too late for a coffee, and I'm a, a real coffee lover, and I drink it all day, but now it's almost 6.30 p.m., so I think it's high time for me to switch to something different, so I'm having an aperitif, and I'm having Prosecco. You know what Prosecco is, right? I've heard of it. Tell me what it tastes like. I'm not much of an aperitif. I'm more of a, of a sweet drink like a Grand Marnier and, and Kahlua and those kind of things. So what is, what is this exactly? What does it taste like, Mike? Okay, so uh, Prosecco is a white wine. It's usually dry or extra dry, and it's bubbly. It, people do uh, term it as uh, a substitute for champagne, if you like. We uh, tend to say that it's the Italian alternative to champagne. So it's become quite fashionable, and I think you also can enjoy it in, uh, in the New York area and around the world. Of course, my friend Timo is probably drinking champagne, but I, will prefer <laughs> to have, I would prefer to have some good Prosecco, which comes from the Veneto region in the north of Italy, actually. Well, I just Googled it, and I found out that it has two Cs, P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O. Timo, you want to chime in on that? I think he's talking to you. Well, I was indeed sorely tempted to open a bottle of champagne. I, uh, I joined SAP through the acquisition of a company called Business Objects. It was a French mm-hmm. company. And instead of uh, eating our own dog food, we used to talk about drinking our own champagne when we were using our own software internally. But uh, tonight, in fact, to celebrate this show, I am instead having a nice glass of Bordeaux. It's a 2010 Pessac Lyon from Chateau Couchois, and it's delicious. Delicieux. Sounds wonderful. And I'm just going to read a little bit of what I just learned about Prosecco. Although the name is derived from that of the Italian village of Prosecco near Trieste, where the grape may have originated, Prosecco is produced in the regions of Veneto and Friuli Venezia Giulia, traditionally mainly around Conegliano and I can't pronounce the other one, in the hills of Treviso. And Prosecco is the main ingredient of the Bellini cocktail. And here we go, a less expensive substitute for champagne. No comment. Okay. And actually, it was uh, it was started around the beginning of the 16th century. There's some more history for us. So we've covered what Mike is drinking. We covered Timo, and now it's time for Holger Mueller in California. And it is time for coffee there. I think it's about 9:20 in the morning. Holger, what's in your cup today? That's correct, and you guessed right. It's a self-made soy latte, and unfortunately, because I'm up since four local time, it's my third one today. So I'm well caffeinated. 
interesting. Okay, good. Well, thank you. So we have a little bit, and, and those of you who have been on the show before, that's Holger right now, know that they don't allow Bonnie to have anything with caffeine on radio show days. Think about that one. So it's just water for me. Here we go, keeping the whistle wet. Let's go right into our roundtable. I want to start off with something that Mike Durso told me before the show. I'd like to level set, set the stage. Let's talk about what's really going on here. Our topic is in-memory computing, making data memorable. Mike, you told me in-memory computing is essentially quite simple in principle. It's quite intuitive to think of a computer that processes the data it stores in memory and only uses mass storage for persistence. And then you ask an interesting question, doesn't the human brain work that way? So let's, for those who don't really know what we're talking about, because we're not an in-the-weeds technology show, we're just having a good business conversation, a tech conversation. So Mike, tell us how it really works, and then we'll go from there. I'll have Holger and Timo chime in as well. Go ahead, Mike. Well, you know, uh, I think people know it's a common notion that uh, computers do store all the data they process in memory. But, of course, they only take the portion that they really need at that particular moment to process. Now, in-memory computing is something different. Let's call it an inflection point in, you know, in the way we, we, we do uh, computing. So forget the disk. The disk is just there, you know, to keep your stuff and to make sure you never lose data because when you turn a computer off, you certainly lose whatever is in memory. But apart from that, in-memory computing is, is all about loading great amounts of data inside the computer's memory and making processing much more powerful and, and much faster than you could ever think of before. So it's something that in a certain way is connected to big data, which is usually... Um, uh, let's say it's usually considered when you talk about in-memory computing. So what we're really talking about is a lot more processing power and the ability to do things that you could never uh, really think and imagine being able to do, even with a very, very fast computer. Now, you asked the question, does the human brain work this way? How, how is the, uh, what is the connection there? Is that how the human brain works? Can we, we really are a computer. Our brains are thinking like a computer. We've got memory stored. We take in experiences. We take in knowledge. And the goal, especially in, in our business, all of us, is to get that fact out the second you need it, right, to have an intelligent conversation with someone. So is this all for the purpose of making the computer as smart and sharp and fast or faster than the human brain, Mike? Well, actually, um, I, I, I think I view it this way. The way the human brain works is we don't have any other form of storage except for memory. Uh, mm -hmm. You can probably think that you have an encyclopedia at your house, and you look at the uh, encyclopedia or a notepad or a book for something that you really don't remember. But when you do that, doesn't it take time? Don't you mm -hmm. need to dig into your library or do something like that? I mean, when you really think that something is important, you tend to memorize it. You know it by heart, so you have it right on the tip when you need it, and you can have a fast result. And just as you said, to have a brilliant conversation, you have to know things. You can't go and say, okay, I'll look it up and I'll come back later. So today, computers are starting to do that more and more and more. Thank you very much, Mike. Go ahead, Timo. Timo, I think... I think this is a, it's a great analogy. I think you're absolutely right. I have a terrible memory, Mike, and 
if I need to remember anything, just like computers today, I actually have to put it on a separate piece of paper and store it somewhere else, and that's complicated and expensive and a waste of time. Um, I would, it would be fantastic if I could just suddenly store everything I needed to remember in my brain. That would seem almost magical, and yet that's the equivalent of what we're now able to do with computers. You don't have to write anything down on pieces of paper at all. You can just store it in your brain, and it works out to be uh, not only faster, but also cheaper and simpler than the previous alternatives. Timo, let's, let's turn this from away from the human brain, which is a great analogy because that's what we're all thinking and working and talking with right now. Let's turn it to the state of business today. We're talking about big data, and I know at SAP I, I work with the, um, the One Voice people, and they like to capitalize B for big and D for data, which is very interesting to me. It, it's like its own thing. It's its own proper noun, which is an interesting way of putting it. So with businesses wanting, as I said in my intro, Timo, and, and Holger, chime in on this too, please. Businesses want data. They want to know what's going on. Who are my customers? What's my marketplace? What's my supply chain? How much do I need to know to do my business faster, to predict, to project, to plan, to conquer, to compete? All those good action words that make for a strong bottom line today and in the future. So when it comes down to big data, how much can the computer hold and process in what we're calling in-memory computing? Timo, how advanced is it today? Are we there yet? Well, the first thing that we should mention, Bonnie, is that there's one thing that everybody agrees about the term big data, is that it's a terrible term. <laughs> there are thousands <laughs> of different definitions out there. It's really used as a shorthand for the concept that data is now a bigger, more intrinsic part of doing business than it has ever been before. Data has always been part of business, but it's really just um, supported the business processes. Now we're really starting to see biz, uh, data being part of what companies are selling. Everybody in the market is talking, for example, about uh, the creation of a customer experience. Mm-hmm. Nobody quite knows what a customer experience is, but it's clearly anchored in data. It's about providing a service or a product to an individual based on their exact needs at an exact moment of time at a particular location. So it takes new information systems, and thanks to new technology, there's a lot of new opportunities out there for businesses to do things differently. Okay, Holger, I want you to chime in on this. Thoughts on what Timo has shared and what Mike has said? Holger Mueller. Excellent thoughts. Um, The the problem is, uh, in the doing things different, right? Businesses are very good at doing things faster, cheaper, like uh, talking the old Olympic, Fortius, Kitius, Alcius, Hedron, Latin as trial two, so I can feel with Mike. Um, so faster, better, stronger, or something like this is in English right now. That's what they're good at. The problem or the challenge is that now technology allows you to do things different, right? So business are very good at thinking efficiency. They're not so good at thinking effectiveness, right? And an easy way to differentiate the two is efficiency is are we doing things right? Effectiveness, are we doing the right thing? So it takes a lot of gut for a business leader to change processes to enable and to utilize these new technologies and run his business dramatically different. Most businesses are only good at that if somebody else innovates, coming from somewhere else who's dire, 
who doesn't have legacy business, who doesn't have all the installs, and basically forces you to think about new things. And one area as technology innovation, for instance, is the cloud, which forces business to re- reinvent things now on a common scale. I think in-memory is not yet there. Business have not taken that into the point to say, how does it change my business to do something completely and differently new? Thank you, Holger. Uh, Timo, I want to move back to something we talked about a moment ago. We were talking about people, design thinking, creative thinking, and try to mesh that with the availability of data, the, the way to store it faster, more accessible, more inexpensive to store it and get it out again. And you told me before the show, Timo, that people are by far the most important technology in your organization. This is a provocative statement because we don't normally think of people as technology. We think of people as the opposite or the antithesis of technology. So Tell me a little bit about this. How does this work with our conversation about in-memory and what in the world is big data? Talk to me, Timo. So this is a concept that I use to explain the changes to IT people because all too often people are relegated to this notion of a user, this passive box right at one far end of the overall technology architecture diagram. But the reality is that people are by far the most sophisticated information processing unit in our company's architecture. Um, It takes people to, to make a difference. It takes people to translate all of this data through context and through knowledge of what's going on to real business change. And so um, I try and encourage people to realize that people should be inside that architecture diagram, not outside it somewhere. So where does big data come in? Or where does the memory come in? Well, these are, there's a variety of technologies that are coming on that are doing two things. One, bringing new opportunities, um, while two, simplifying the way that you can actually put it in place. My favorite analogy is actually the change in photography that we've seen over the last decade. Ten years ago, people were still using film to take their pictures, and it worked. You got great quality pictures, but it was Mm -hmm. a very slow, manual process. It was expensive. You had to buy film. You had to have it processed by experts, and you only got to see your pictures a week after you actually took the photograph. Now everybody uses digital cameras. They use their cell phones. It's much simpler. We get instant feedback. There's no processing. We don't have to go to experts. That's what in-memory is doing. It's that same difference in technology. And just as uh, digital photography has all made us better photographers, we can see the picture instantly, take it again if we didn't like it, then these in-memory technologies are going to make us better at using information, better at making decisions. Thank you. And I want to bring Mike uh, Durso into this. Mike, I have a statement here from you from before the show that I I think is really what Timo is saying as well. You echo the the sentiment. You say business leaders should innovate their key processes, adopting a think out of the box approach. And you go on to say they should challenge. These are the business leaders should challenge their IT counterparts and their consultants to develop the innovative solutions that are now possible within memory computing. So which came first, the memory computing or the, the human brain? computer well obviously we're going back to now that we have the advantages of in memory let's go back to people let's do that thinking out of the box that design thinking that collaboration that let's innovate now that we have the tools to make it better let's expand on that mike durso talk to me 
Yes. Well, Timo and Holger were actually talking about this. I think people are really central because, it, you know, when you give people the right tools and they make a creative use out of it, and as they, you know, dig into their data, as they uh, see things, as they experience and interact with these high-technology tools, they come up with new ideas. So I think the secret of this game is to give them something flexible where they can use their creativity on the spot in real time and they can come up with you know, new things and new solutions and they can make intelligent decisions because the real, the real potential of in-memory in computing is giving people real-time access to large amounts of data and enabling them to actually go into that data and take the significant parts to make intelligent and knowledgeable decisions that they could never make before, not because they weren't intelligent and, intelligent mm -hmm. and knowledgeable, because they didn't have all that data at their fingertips. So today, this is, real, this is the real inflection point. Give people access to a lot of information, make sense of it, and, and, and be able to make intelligent decisions and also predict the future because you can also start to do that, you know, not, not in the sense that you have a, this magic crystal ball, but you can see trends that you could never really read into before because of the computing power. I'm, I'm hearing the word empowerment in there somewhere. Maybe that's a little too woo-woo for this conversation, but empower your people to think smarter, better, faster, and outside the box. So I want to ask the panel, in an organization, let's talk about high-end SME, small to mid-sized enterprise, and in big, I call them behemoth enterprises, the big guys, the big companies, who in the organization is getting access to this the advantage of the in-memory computing. Who taps into it? Is it a privilege? Is it something that you have to be on the right team? So in other words, which departments are, are able to access, have the privilege of accessing this new benefit of high-speed in-memory computing? Uh, Mike, uh, Holger, Timo, who wants to? I just want a little how-to here for our listeners. In other words, how democratic is this? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. So it's as democratic as um, software licensing is, right? So the enterprise buys software and give it to certain user groups, and those user groups will have access and benefit from it, right? And it goes beyond when you think about things you can do in memory, like a next action on a consumer website, right? So it might be your future customers who are benefiting from having a better product being or another service being suggested to them through a website much, much faster, much more accurate than before. So there's really no pattern, I would say, who are the users. I think it's benefiting everybody and spilling over to everyone, but mainly in the part of in-memory being an accelerator, not so much in-memory being a game-changer or fundamentally changing the business models. Like what Mike has said, it takes a lot of guts for business leaders to change their business mm -hmm. model. Very interesting point. Timo, agree, disagree with Holger? Absolutely. The, if somebody's listening to this show and they say, okay, well, I'd like some concrete advice, uh, the big problem, the big challenge is what you can think of as the understanding gap. This has always existed in technology. It's just particularly acute right now. It's that there are IT people that really understand the technology and can see what can be done with it, and then there are business people that understand the business opportunities. But unfortunately, there's a gap between those people. It's mm -hmm. rare to find the people that can understand all of the opportunities 
and know enough about the business to really understand where it will be applicable. And that's why these sessions such as design thinking are so powerful, because you bring together uh, these people into a single team to attack a new problem, an old problem, but without making any assumptions. And then you slowly bring it back to what's actually feasible. It's a very uh, concrete way of fixing this understand, understanding gap. Thank you, Timo. I, I want to pose the question again a little differently. We have an audience here worldwide. By the way, I will announce that we are aware that at least 93 countries are listening to Game Changers Radio, and we've had almost a half a million clicks so far on all of our shows, and I want to thank everybody for listening. So my question to Timo, to Holger, and to Mike is, if you were talking to a startup, to an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, if you will, and you were telling them about the value of investing in in-memory computing to start from the get-go to get that access for their small team, presumably very small team, to have that right information culture, as we're calling it, to use what as that data is coming in and they're building up their knowledge and their intelligence to be able to use it quicker. Is that a good strategy for a startup business to start it off where we're talking enterprises are adopting it? What about a startup starting off that way? Uh, Mike Durso, what do you think? Well, I think that is probably key to a success of a new uh, startup, of a new organization, because usually a, a startup is a small organization, so mm-hmm. it's, it's quite easy to set up something like this. But uh, the potential is, is really tremendous. And plus, with a startup company, it's easy to create a culture of people who are empowered and use their creative power because they have the right tools to unleash it. And I think a startup in particular should be an organization that should avoid getting into pre-channeled IT solutions where uh, it takes a long time to change things and you have to preconceive the way things will operate and then they will operate in that same exact manner for a certain amount of time. I think uh, that you know startups in particular are the ones who will leverage creativity the most out of systems built with this type of logic. And that's what I guess, you know, Team on Holger are also are also been saying for the past uh, twenty or some minutes. Yes, I agree, and that that sounds like they're going to have a lot more fun because they don't have those walls and those barriers, what we call infrastructure, built into a big company. They can just decide as a team, as a core team, let's do this and let's do it well. Holger, you want to comment on the approach for startups? You agree, I assume, with Mike, but talk to me. Yeah, I think it's easier because you don't have the legacy, but for like most startups out there, I see their problems are so different than IT, like making payroll, finding the right sales, finding the first customer. It's very different to startups. We speak a lot uh, in our ecosystem, which are software startups, and I think the interesting thing of in memory is it has kind of like leveled um, the field between practitioners and, and business people in the companies, large and small. Um, the software vendors are trying to build something on that because the best practices for how to conduct a business in memory technology have not been fully understood, crystallized, written. So it's an interesting phase where, we, where you can really, both as a startup, small or large company, change the, the rules of the game by adopting memory technology and freeing yourself from, from traditional ways of doing business. And startups, like we said before, often will have the guts to do that or have the need to do that so I don't think for the average startup in memory is something which they will get um, right away unless it's making a difference for the business or for the entrepreneur to understand that technology is key 
uh, if they're relevant, um, we would see. Thank you. Timo, Elliot, I want to bring you in, and we're going to go to break in about two and a half minutes. I'm not going to rush you, though. Take your time. What do you think? Advice for startups in terms of uh, making that investment? Go ahead. I think think everybody is jealous of the startups who can start from scratch. Um, They can start with a new technology. There's basically been two decades of best practice that is now Mm -hmm. obsolete thanks to technologies like in-memory. You, wow. you were to do it all from scratch, the big companies that are using uh, enterprise analytics today would absolutely do it the new way. It's a bit like the um, phone network in Africa. They went straight to mobile phones. They didn't need to waste money on the landlines. And they ended up with something a lot more flexible and agile. And we talked a lot about simplicity, but why are we so interested in simplicity? It's because agility is essential for modern business. Uh, the notion of a five-year strategic plan now strikes us as almost laughable. It's not about trying to predict the future. It's about being able to react flexibly to the inevitable changes to what's happening. I say it's a little, a little bit like surfing. A uh, surfer can scan the horizon looking for the perfect wave and prepare for its arrival. That's like the strategic plans of a business. But catching the wave is the easy part. It's staying on the wave that's hard. Mm-hmm. You have to adjust your trajectory in real time based on ever-changing conditions. And if you get one thing wrong, it's a wipeout. That's what business looks like today. And that's why things like in-memory and the agility that that brings are so important. Timo, I think you have poetry in your soul. You just painted a very interesting picture. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. Must, you know what? I have. It must be the Bordeaux, but it's also that thinking like a digital camera, capturing those analogies and capturing those those pictures in your brain, and you're sharing them with us. Thank you. You know what? I want to do a shout-out to the people who are watching us, listening to us, but they're watching the conversation. I'm watching on Twitter right now. We're tweeting live at hashtag SAP Radio. A shout-out to, of course, Deloitte SAP, following every word here, Tom Flanagan, our co-producer. We have Lauren Yvonne White. Welcome. She is tweeting away here. Margot Heiligman said Prosecco instead of coffee today from the Veneto Hills of Treviso, and she's quoting you, Mike Durso of Deloitte. We have Holger. Thank you for your, your while you're talking, you're tweeting. What do the human brain and in-memory have to do with each other? Thank you for that. And let's see. We have SAP Cloud for social tweeting. We have SAP CRM, and let's see. Anywhere else, we have SAP CRM. Thank you. Says, great show. And thank you. Holger, you could do two things at once. Walk and talk and chew and, and drink and, um, and tweet at the same time we admire that so you know what i'm going to give you all you've been working very hard so i'm going to give mike duraso from deloitte holger Mueller from constellation research and timo elliott from sap who's out catching that wave i'm going to give you all a break i'm going to give you a one minute break that's all i can do but during that break i want you to do a homework for me mike holger and timo i want you to go out and find the crystal ball somebody just mentioned it yes i know you have one and i know you're hiding it somewhere bring it out polish it off and when we come back i'm going to ask you to look ahead five years Five years. I'm going to ask you if we had the same conversation five years from today, that would be the end of 2018, on in-memory computing, making data memorable, everything we've talked about, the idea of creativity and how the business infrastructure works, different sized businesses, harnessing that data faster, cheaper, simpler, more flexibly, agility of startups, and how does a big company change their strategy to embrace this? All of those good stuff. 
What would we be saying about in-memory computing if we had this conversation five years from today? So go ahead and find that crystal ball. We're going to take our final break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is BizBuzz with Game Changers. I love the way that sounds. Presented by SAP. Our topic today, in-memory computing, making data memorable. And I know we're making a lot of memories here with our conversation. We're going to be right back. Brad out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network business models have a short shelf life today's reality given shifting technologies real-time information and collaboration across time zones competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud the bottom line Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Here we are. We're back. We're ready to go into our crystal ball prediction segment of the show. But a couple shout-outs here. Uh, message for Timo. Margot Heiligman at SAP wants to know, what was that Bordeaux, Timo? She says it sounded lovely. Can you tell her what it was, Timo? I tweeted it out, but it was, uh, yes, a Chateau Coucheroy. Okay. Well, if you tweet it to hashtag SAP Radio, Margo will see it. Thank you very much. And Holger has tweeted, and he says his point of view is hashtag in memory has leveled the playing field between enterprises and vendors, but he warns best practices still have to be thought out. And Tom Flanagan has just tweeted that, according to what Timo Elliott said, the agility of in memory is as important as catching the wave of technology is much easier than staying on the wave. Okay. And we've got some some really great quotes here. Margot has tweeted the same thing. So I tell you what, let's go right forward into our prediction segment. Mike Duraso Deloitte calling from Italy today. Five years from today, Mike, same conversation. Will we be even calling it in memory? Will we be calling it big data? We'll be calling it design thinking. What do you see in your crystal ball? Mike Duraso. Oh, well, I guess five years from now, we won't be talking about in memory computing. It'll be, it'll become the standard. I think, I think, in, more and more uh, people are un- beginning to understand that the ecosystem of information technology is becoming broader and broader. We're getting data from all different source, sources of information. So we're getting it from mobile devices. We're getting it uh, from any kind of, um, any kind of uh, large ecosystem like you know, your vendors, your customers, and even consumers in the street. Where are they going? What are they doing? What are they looking at? In, 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 in shops. So I think five years from now, the standard will be um, systems that will bring this all together 
and empower users to make a good use out of it. And we won't be talking about in-memory technology anymore. It will become more and more like the standard. It will be uh, the way we make computers, the way we make computers, especially for the uh, business uh, community. And the big trend will be prediction, predictive analytics. Ah. I'm going to ask you to take your prediction one step further. I didn't prepare you for this, but, Mike, I don't know if you can do this or not. Instead of in-memory, what will be the next big wave, the next exciting technology? People are going to have to talk about something, Mike. We want bigger, better. We aren't there yet. But any idea what will be the next thing that will be happening that will be so high-tech, people will be raising their eyebrows and say, wow, I want some of that. So any idea what we'll be talking about? Uh, I, I guess this will be focused on the user. Let me use mm. a different term, the persona. Uh, ah. More and more today, we're talking about the persona, and it's a way to say that people are the center of our systems. People are the center of our processes. Uh, they are the center of our businesses. So I think that we're going to have something like persona-centric solutions in the near future. Now, can I tell you it'll be in five years or it'll be in seven years? I'm not really sure, but it's surely going to happen and it's already happening. We won't hold you to it, but that's a good prediction, something to look forward to. Thank you, Mike. Holger Mueller from Constellation Research. Holger, what's in the crystal ball five years from today or set a different time frame? What do you see coming ahead? So the crystal ball told me the same like Mike's uh, saying that we won't be talking about in memory anymore. It's going to be a normal adopted technology. New technology will be there. The interesting thing is history of how technology and innovation is being adopted. Kind of like the patterns are the same, right? It, it, it becomes affordable. Enterprise can adopt it. The software vendor who automates systems on top of it can adopt it. And the question is, who has the thought leadership, right? And if you think about back 30 years ago, people would say, what kind of database are you using? Is an index-based database, a relational database, which we know we want, and so on. We're not talking about this anymore. So there has to be some stabilization in technology for software vendors who so far have been building the best practices systems for enterprises out there. Uh, we'll be able to build something which is reusable, but these best practices, and that's the exciting part, will have to establish themselves. And the interesting thing for enterprise now is it has gotten so much easier to build your own software, your own enterprise software. So I think we will see significantly more custom in-house built applications or even larger packages stitched together potentially between different clouds um, that will make it harder for the established enterprise software vendors to get that foothold again if they don't move very quickly and to get that thought leadership about how to conduct your, your, your enterprise, how to run your enterprise in, in memory technology in the 21st century. This is what they struggle with right now, and we see how fast they get up to that. Thank you, Holger. Great information. And let's round out this prediction segment with Timo Elliott from SAP. Blue skies, cloudy skies, five years ahead. In memory, what are we going to be talking about on the exciting landscape? Timo. I'm a blue skies and sunshine kind of guy. Um, we've been talking about simplicity, and I think we're going to see the simplicity paradox, that as we make technology simpler and easier, we see an explosion of use of that technology, and it ultimately makes the world more complex in unexpected ways. Going back to the film analogy, 
Um, there are lots of big changes that came through the economy through this fairly simple change from film to digital pictures. There were winners and losers. Kodak went bankrupt. Instagram got sold for a billion dollars after 500 days. We're seeing the same process within memory. It's going to have a real shakeup in the whole industry. Uh, in five years' time, the expectations of data at our fingertips are only going to rise, and the barriers are increasingly human, not technological, especially everything to do with data governance and data ownership is absolutely crucial to fix. We need to spend as much time on people, process, and culture as we do on technology and plan those cultural changes to the same extent as we, as we plan our infrastructure changes. The blue sky thing, I, I'm a big fan of uh, continued user empowerment and the collaborative economy. I think in five years' time, it's going to be starting to get difficult to be, tell the difference between an employee and a customer because customers are going to be intimately involved in every aspect of creating uh, products for their own consumption. Thank you, Timo. Wonderful. I was just admiring your passion for the topic, as I do with Holger Mueller and Mike Durso. Great panel. I want to thank you. But you know what? I have my predictions, and they're easy because I wrote them down. I'm going to tell you what's coming up tomorrow on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have I got a great show for you? It's the start of my three-part 2014 prediction specials. Speaking of crystal ball, we're going to do a special tomorrow, December 18th. We're going to do part two on January 8th and part three. Uh-huh on January 22nd, 2014. So tomorrow, put your seatbelt on. I've got 16 guests joining me to give me their three-minute predictions for 2014 on a grab bag, a potpourri, if you will, of topics, whatever they're interested in. They've all been guests on one of our shows this year in 2013, and it's going to be fast and furious. you got to listen and take notes. We're going to be tweeting our hearts out. So that's part one, prediction special for 2014. On Thursday, we will go back to our startup focus with Game Changer show and we're going to talk about a startup's rear view mirror if I could do it all over again exploring the blessings of hindsight and blind ambition we have three very interesting startups to talk about their experience and you're going to learn a lot speaking of startups as we did on the show today next Tuesday we'll be back with BizBuzz but we're going to rerun the first show we did talk about marketing to millennials and we'll be back with new live programming on January 7th so guess what I want to thank Mike Durso Holger Mueller Timo Elliott everybody have a great rest of the day and shout outs to Susan Walker for sponsoring the series Tom Flanagan couldn't do it without you Hot Fusion for bringing Tom on board Brad and the Business Channel team I have a call to action for all of you fasten your seatbelt what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Biz Buzz with Game Changers presented by SAP happy holidays if you don't hear my voice again talk to you on the other side bye bye Thanks again for tuning in to BizBuzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.